Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. Glad you could hang with us on this Wednesday night divisional week, as I believe we call it here around these parts. Uh, let's talk some divisional round football with our friend from Pro Football Focus. He's the co-host of the PFF Forecast. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. Dr. Eric Eager. How you doing, Eric? Uh, I'm doing well, Gil. It's uh, after a week where we all bellied up to watch those uh, those games. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually some good games. Wasn't, wasn't that the quintessential week of... We want to moan about it because it was like four of those games were just over by halftime. And then we immediately catch ourselves and, they, and we go, oh, man, a week from now, we're going to just die to have football. So we can't like we can't belabor that point too much. It's sort of that conundrum. Yeah, I mean, like if we would have gotten a couple more upsets last week, these games could have been worse. Right. So yes. It, it, since chalk won out uh, and I think the one good underdog did win in San Francisco. Uh, we we have uh, we have some great games coming up here, and, and I'm looking forward to it. Do you believe these are the the appropriate eight teams? These are the best eight teams in football. Did we get the right eight teams? I, I think so. I think ultimately, you know, Arizona and Dallas were really good teams at the beginning of the year. Uh, they faded, uh, you know, Arizona more predictably, I guess, than Dallas. Uh, San Francisco, you know, coming into the year on a lot of sports books like Binnacle, for example, were the third most likely team to win the Super Bowl. So even though they, you know, had to go on the road last week. I think our priors would suggest that they're one of the better teams. So this, this is a good group here. And especially, um, you know, considering the ascension of Joe Burrow, I, I, I like the fact that Bengals are in it too. All right. Let's start with that game. Bengals at Titans to open things out Saturday. Titans favored by three and a half. Your thoughts, sir. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting one, right? I mean, uh, people bet ten, uh, Tennessee out to three and a half. It does look like it might close back at three again. Um, I would like uh, Cincinnati here. Uh, I think, you know, the secondary for the Titans uh, is not particularly good. I know they get Jackrabbit back, but they haven't had Caleb Farley for most of the year. And after a good start, as far as rushing the passer, their, their defensive line hasn't impressed in recent weeks. And I think, you know, ultimately, you know, uh, after facing a, a Las Vegas Raiders team that does have a good pass rush and beating them, I, I think the Bengals get some relief here on offense. The real big question, though, is how does Derrick Henry do against the defensive line that's no longer going to have Larry Joby in the middle? Yeah, Eric, I mean, that's kind of the – that really is going to be the the key to this, right? I mean, like you look, and as you mentioned, I mean, I know it's not – Y'all stat, but it, it, pass rush win rate, you look, the Titans down at 21st in the NFL as far as, as winning on the pass rush. So you would assume that Burrow's going to have time to to kind of do what he wants to there and and go ahead and 
and hit all those weapons of his, but you will assume that they will at some point fail along the way. And is it going to be, you know, too many times, even if it's twice that they fail, is it going to be too many times because Derrick Henry's having one of those Derrick Henry type games uh, with, without Ogunjobi being there in the middle? I know you guys didn't have him graded all that incredibly high, but he is, you know, from a, from a run stop perspective, uh, you know, definitely needed on that defensive line. Yeah, and the Bengals linebacking group has improved, but they're still the worst group, I think, on that defense, right? So, you know, Henry is going to challenge that. Um, the Titans this season, even even though he's missed most of the season, or half the season at least, um, the Titans are one of those teams, big heaviest box count faced uh, on early downs and heaviest early down run rate in the NFL. So that's what they're going to be what they're lean on. I, I think if you like the Bengals here, which I do, um, my, my thesis is that, you know, Derrick Henry, it's not going to be necessarily trivial uh, sort of how, how well he comes back from injury. I don't necessarily know if a guy like him, Henry, Henry's hallmark over the past few years is to start the seasons a little bit slow. Does he come back from this injury 100% or does he take a game to, you know, to sort of get his bearings? If he does, I think the Bengals will take advantage of that. What do you do with the Niners getting six to, uh, from the Packers here in this game? Niners six-point dogs at Lambeau, also with injuries that we – probably need to know more about who's playing, who's not, and to what extent they're playing uh, come this Saturday night. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm happy I have a four and a half on, on the Packers. That's for sure. That was where it opened, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think six makes a lot more sense. I would probably grab Niners at six and a half, but it doesn't look like you're going to get it right now. Um, our, our mutual pal Rufus Peabody last year when – uh, Green Bay was hosting playoff games, uh, you know, uh, uncovered a study that said basically if, you're, if your climate in your home city is significantly uh, warmer than the climate uh, that you go to in the playoffs, uh, that does, you know, give a better point spread to the home team. Uh, obviously, Brady overcame that because he overcomes everything. Um, but in this case, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it's probably been easier for him with that shoulder injury, with that thumb injury to perform well in SoFi Stadium and Jerry world, I don't think it's going to be quite as easy for him in Lambeau field with that thumb injury. The only guy who's performed well with a thumb injury in that stadium is Brett Favre. Can I just follow up with something there? Cause you just touched on the whole thing that the Rufus study that he uncovered or the cover that Rufus uh, the uncovered, not Rufus's study, but it's, we, we've, we've, it's become very cool for us. Not cool, but it's become very sort of mainstream now to say, yeah, you know, home field advantage in the NFL used to be three points. It's not nearly that anymore. And it's probably zero in some spots. Is your thinking that it is different, though, in the playoffs? I get it with the climates with Green Bay and San Francisco. But generally speaking, should we reassess our thinking of home field advantage in the postseason back to how we used to think about it generally? Well, I, I would just say, like, try to dissect this number. You know, if you when it opened at four and a half, you basically say, OK, let's say Green Bay has a two point home field advantage. So a half a point more than what home field advantage was broadly this season. I think that's a good assumption. Then the buy gives you maybe almost a full point. And the fact that the Niners are playing on a Saturday, a week after playing on a Sunday, that gives you three points of, you know, ancillary points, right? And then the question becomes, do you think the Niners are only a point and a half worse than Green Bay? I think the answer to that question is no, and that's why everybody was betting the Packers, right? Now it's more like, you know, three points difference. And I think that that makes sense. And I think that the original assumption, maybe it's a little conservative, 
was to think, okay, you know, you give two points to the Packers for home field advantage. You give another point for the buy plus the rest differential for San Francisco. And that's kind of where you, you sort of group all that into this bigger home field advantage, which I do believe because of the weather differential grows as the season progresses, I do think that you get more of a home field advantage in the playoffs. And the other thing, and, and it, this is football, football is full of confounders. The other confounder is the better team is playing at home in the playoffs more often than not. Eric, the Rams and the and the uh, Bucks right now sitting at three in favor of the Bucks. Total of 48, 48 and a half in this thing. I mean, I think the big news here is the fact that we have Ryan Jensen, we have Tristan Wirfs, who both didn't practice today for the Bucks. If you listen to what Bruce Arian says, this is a could be a legitimate game time decision for both of these guys. And you're talking about Tom Brady, who faced the least amount of pressure in all of the NFL this year, which obviously leads to a lot more success. Now, with with having all the time in the world to throw, he also had the luxury of Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown out there as well, which he won't have this week as as well. I think you and I are on the different side of this one. I think you're I think you're on the Bucks. I actually really really like the Rams in this one. What what leads you towards the side of Tampa? Yeah, I, I think that a, a mid-game injury is much harder to deal with on the offensive line uh, than one where, you know, you have a whole week to prepare. Um, you know, Brady is a guy that protects his offensive line, I think, more than the other way around. And even then, we, we sort of know that, uh, you know, pressure rates are a, a function of the quarterback in a lot of cases. So I, I'm worried about that, but I'm not necessarily as worried um, as maybe a you know somebody who's backing the Rams and thinking well Andrew Whitworth being you know questionable as well you know when the McVay offense has failed it's failed because of erratic play by the quarterback and it's failed because of bad offensive line play especially 2019 was probably the nadir of that and you know so without you know their best offensive lineman possibly and him at least being a little bit banged up you look back at the Super Bowl last year and it's you know Shaq Barrett Jason Pierre-Paul Vita Vea uh, and Joe Tryon and you know, the, the Rams did a really good job, I think, of protecting Stafford last week with the run game, Cam Akers and Sony Michelle. I don't think that's going to be available to them this week with Vita Vea and those guys up front. So to me, I, I agree. I think it's a big, I think that's where the number is, where it is. It's probably going to get to two and a half as well. Um, but that that's, I'm kind of, I think the market is overreacting to Tampa's injuries and somewhat ignoring the ones uh, for LA, which also include Jordan Fuller, a safety who picked off Brady last year. Uh, in an L.A. win over the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. All right, Eric, and then there's the marquee matchup of the weekend between the Bills and the Chiefs. This is down to two in favor of the Chiefs. I said last segment, I go, if you're, if you're betting this on the side, aren't you just an action junkie? Do you agree with that? Like, how do you how do you parse this out? Yeah, I actually am not. I mean, I have, I have a little bit of Chiefs, um, but my model does not like the Chiefs. It's more just like, like you said, an action uh, sort of thing being a Chiefs fan. I think if Buffalo plays their best game and the Chiefs play their best game, Buffalo wins. I think they have they do so many things well. I think if Buffalo and Kansas City play their average game, I think Kansas City wins. I think Kansas City their their average water level is better than Buffalo's. We just you know saw last week how good Buffalo can be when they play their best game, but they have not played their best game most of the season. Uh, you know they were trailing to Atlanta just three weeks ago at halftime at home. They were, you know, grinding it out 13-10 in the you know, late part of the game against the Jets uh, just two weeks ago. I think, I think, you know, the betting market is really overreacting to what they saw last week from Buffalo, which is very real and very possible. But I don't necessarily know if that's in the meat of the distribution in this game. If you were power ranking the underdogs 
and you were uh, from an outright bet, from a money line betting perspective, what would be your power rankings on on the best to worst or most likely to occur from a uh, from a money line perspective? Oh, okay. Uh, Cincinnati, L.A., um, Buffalo, uh, and then San Fran. Cincinnati, L.A., Buffalo, San Francisco, power ranking the dogs. To win outright, you said? Yes. To win outright. Yeah, there are chances to win outright. Yeah. Okay. Eric, we appreciate it, man. Uh, if we don't get a chance to talk, enjoy the weekend of football. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, take care. You too. Dr. Eric Eager, everybody, from Pro Football Focus. Always uh, insightful. That's a good question. So he's got it. Bengals, Rams, Bills, Niners. I would have it. Rams, Bills, Niners, Bengals. I think the Bengals dead last in that. But that's just me. Rams number one for you? Rams, Bengals, kind of 1A, 1B. Okay. Yeah. Kelly, Rams number one? We'll, we'll find out Kelly's answer next. It's Feast and Primetime Action. With Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on prime time action, live from the South Point Hotel Casino. Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Kelly, we didn't get a chance for your answer on that uh, underdog question. The in order of likelihood of straight outright upsets. Yes, the Raiders. <laughs> no. Uh, straight outright upsets. I will go with the Bengals. Wrong. And then the let's see, okay, Bengals, Bucks. You mean the Rams? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm on Rams, so that's why I'm thinking <laughs> okay. that way. Yeah. So yeah, Bengals. No, no, no. So I'd go Rams, Bengals. Yeah. That's how I would put it. Rams, Bengals. This is a very complicated question for Kelly. There's only four games, <laughs> and there's only four underdogs. <laughs> Yeah, I really didn't think we were going to come back to this. Well, we, you know, we we wanted to include. I you. mean, 49ers have to be last, so yeah, it, it's it's Rams, Bengals, Bills, 49ers. <laughs> oh my! We God. got there. Okay, we got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shut up. I was thinking those t- <laughs> those top three though. I'm not I'm not even sure on those order. I right. might come back and re and recorrect those. Just wanted to include you. Now you're all upset yeah, about I, it. No, thanks, thanks, man. Yeah. He was being mean. The other one was being was mean. Forty ers It's a shame. We were just saying. I was just saying this off air, which is it's it's a shame that the injuries are there because I and we don't know maybe they're playing I don't know but I would love for them to be full straight I would love to see them make that fast yeah me too me too because I don't have futures on either side so whatever I, I have a I have a pet like we were talking I have a Packers bet this weekend but I don't have a future on them so I have a Packers bet this weekend that I'd prefer to lose if the Rams were also going to win because then that would mean a Rams home game against the 49ers. I hear what you're screaming. So that would be I hear you. That would be an ideal scenario. I would gladly lose the Packers bet if the Rams were to also win. Yes. And then they don't have to go to Lambeau and then let's get that NFC let's get that NFC future in and then everything's everything's good to go. Kelly, I know what you were prepared for. Updating scores. Yeah, there, there you go. That's what I was prepared for. All right, in the NBA, we got the Nets on top of the Wizards, 113 to 109, 345 remaining in that game. It's actually uh, Wizards made that pretty close after the Nets have had a couple big leads there. Nets, five and a half live, no total posted for that game. Sixers all over the Magic, 123 to 107, one minute remaining in that game. Joel Embiid, don't know what he finished with exactly, but I know he hit 50. Uh, that scores, that ties his career high. 
And then we've got the Heat uh, up on the Blazers by one. This game is 76-75, two minutes remaining in the third quarter. Heat three-and-a-half-point live favorites, 212-and-a-half, the live total. Hornets up on the uh, Celtics, 75-64. Hornets uh, six-and-a-half-point live favorites, 216-and-a-half, the live total there. There is five minutes remaining in the third quarter of that game. The Hawks up on the Timberwolves, 97-88. Atlanta, 6.5 and 251.5, the live total there. Bulls up on the Cavs, 63 to 54, 1045 remaining in the third quarter. Bulls, 5.5 point live favorites and 216.5, your live total. The Bucks on top of the Grizzlies at halftime, 61 to 47. Live numbers there, Bucks, 12.5. And 224 and a half. Raptors with a two-point lead over the Mavericks. They lead at 39 to 37. Seven and a half minutes remaining in the second quarter. Mavericks one and a half point uh point live favorites, 212 and a half the live total. Rockets out to an early lead over the Jazz, 18 to 14, six minutes remaining in the third, uh in the first. Jazz, eleven and a half point live favorites, 234 and a half the live total. And the Spurs with a 15-point lead over the Thunder, 45 to 30, 7:45 remaining in the first half. Spurs 14 and a half point live favorites, 220 and a half is your live total over on the ice. Couple games going on. Coyotes up on the Devils, four to one with four minutes remaining in the game. Uh, Maple Leafs and Rangers all tied up at three. This game at the end of the second period. Uh, no live numbers up on that. And then in college basketball, we got Alabama up four on LSU, 68-64. Just a few seconds left in that game. Villanova up on Marquette, 38-36. to 12 and a half minutes left in that one. Texas A&M up on Kentucky, 33-26. One fifteen remaining in the first half. Wes Reynolds looking good in his first half bet there. Georgia trailing Auburn by one now. 8-7 to seven Auburn. 14 minutes left to go in the first half. And DePaul up on Xavier, 12-7. 15 minutes remaining in the first half of that game. Oh man, I forgot we got our draft one and, and our one and done coming up. Oh yeah! You guys want to talk about your bets here for American Express and uh, if you have any Abu Dhabi? I have no Abu Dhabi. Do you? No, I didn't do anything with that. How about American Uh Express? Yeah, American Express. So, like I said, a little bit of wonky event here. We're talking three different courses that these guys are going to play. It's going to be the the stadium course, the Nicholas course, and then the La Quinta course. They do play the stadium course twice, so they'll play it once over the first three days, and then it is also where you play the fourth round. This is a pro-am. This is also one of the uh, weird events where the cut comes after the first three rounds as opposed to the first two rounds. So they will, they're guaranteed 54 in this one as opposed to just 36. So that's like how this all sets up here. And so all of them short courses under 7,200 yards. The stadium course is the hardest of the three. That is the one that they will play twice. The other two are fairly easy. This has been a low-scoring event for years and years and years. This used to be a super prestigious event. All kinds of big-name celebrities would come and play this thing. Not been the case here over the last several years. And with that, the star power has really kind of fallen for this event as well. And so with that star power kind of 
having fallen. If you take a look at the odds in in this thing, I mean, yeah, it's you know John Rahm is playing now. Why he's playing, I don't know. If he's got a deal with American Express or something, or if like whatever, but <laughs> like because he used to play this and then he didn't come for several years and then now he's back all of a sudden. So I don't I don't know if he's getting an appearance fee or something like that. But he he's your favorite at five to one. And you're gonna say whoa 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 five to one. It's like yeah because this is just not a very very top heavy field at all because right after Rom you do have Cantlay who's a top five player in the world and it's just a big drop off after that so it's Rom Cantlay Cantlay coming in at nine to one then it's Scheffler Sung Jay Taylor Gooch Tony Finau Corey Connors Abraham Answer Seamus Power Matthew Wolf Patrick Reed so all fine players but no guys that are the elite of the elite here so it really is kind of Rom and Cantlay and everybody else as far as the the really elite guys in this field. So with this being weird and playing on three different courses and all that, like you can't really do course history type stuff. You can't really do the good thing is at least the three courses do play somewhat similarly. Again, they're all short. They're all fairly easy to score on. Again, the stadium course is the hardest of, of the three out of those. And so, with all that, Kelly, I mean, I, I'm interested to see, because you said that, that your model didn't come up with the same things my did, so so we must have just gone about this a little bit differently. For me, I, I went ahead and waited driving distance and birdie or betters uh, as the highest two for me this week. Uh, I want guys that can get it out there past. One of the things that you'll see, and I do have sand saves in my model, is the thing about these courses is that all three of them are full of bunkers. And actually, that stadium course has 90 bunkers on it, that's the one that they're playing twice. The other two have 78 bunkers apiece, and so there's going to be there's going to be some sand. There's going to be some sand trouble for some of these guys. And so the other thing about these guys have gotten so long, and these courses are typically just like I mean, like there's just houses. I've actually stayed at, on on the La Quinta course before, like just going down and spending some time down there when I was down there for um, for the for Indian Wells for the for the golf tournament, and so. Um, they're just made for the recreational player, like typically the, the more recreational player. And so the way that these courses are set up, you can kind of out drive those bunkers. Like you can kind of yeah. like drive yourself out of trouble with all of those. And so driving distance for me, birdie or better. Cause again, it's a score. It should be a scoring fest opportunities gained as well. I put in there as well because I want guys that are having the chances to score or these birdies or Eagles proximity, 150 to 175. That's going to be the average uh, for them being able to uh, to approach here. Then I get to strokes gained approach, which I weighed way, way less this this week. Uh, these shouldn't be shouldn't be very penal uh, rough at all, so not really worried all that much about about these guys being super, super precise and all those things. Uh, sand saves and then uh, strokes gained around the green as well. So Kelly, that's kind of where I'm at with with those different things, and that's how I ended up with with the model that I have. Yeah, which I, we did kind of look at this a little differently. I, I still left st- strokes gained approach pretty high. I did strokes gained ball striking, so combining what you're doing off the tee and and approach uh, there. I, I didn't look at I didn't look at distance, although I did keep it kind of in the back of my head. Didn't uh, model it in there though because of what you're talking about the traps. Uh, um, played played fairways gained a little bit because of that, and you're playing three different courses, so factoring in some stats that might not look at as heavily, and like that's one of them. I don't usually look at as much, but want to make sure these guys can just get it in the fairway, get a good approach shot onto the green, and then set it up for hopefully a birdie putt, like you talked about. I did look at opportunities gained, birdie or better gain, and that looked at strokes green, uh, strokes gain on par threes and par fives, um, as well as some of the proximity ones. Uh, 
you brought up as well. Um, par fives is the easiest scoring par fives uh, on tour since 2012, but want to make sure guys that you get there can knock home that birdie or even better. Um, so that was something I definitely factored in. We'll go over our plays on the other side. All right. We'll do that. Again, our one and done, which is basically done, you know, basically for the year. I mean, yeah, my beef. <laughs> our golf draft for the American Express coming back. Mason's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action. Remember, it's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then. On that big game weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vcin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the vcin betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. 56 hours free. Brooklyn holds on somehow one point victory over the Washington Wizards. I looked up and I thought that game was over, and somehow the Wizards made it close. Wizards got a blocked shot on the uh, final Nets possession. Only needed two to win it. They're hoisting up threes. Caldwell, <laughs> Caldwell Pope drove to the hoop, kicked it out, and then they're like, everything was from behind the arc. They got, I think they got two or three shots from behind the arc. None went in. Brooklyn wins by a point. Matt Brown furiously doing his uh, a, uh, his draft picks. A 27-point on 11 of 15 shooting night for LaMarcus Aldridge. That's efficient. Yes. I did look up and see who's the leading scorer, so that uh, that makes a little bit more sense now. Kelly, you wanted to chime in on American Express still? Oh yeah, I guess we just, we just never went over actual what our actual bets are. Yeah. Um. So Matt, for outrights, I went with uh, Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch came up high on a lot of the modeling I did this week. I know he did for you last week, so kind of alternating weeks for us on. Uh, on Taylor Gooch, but uh, I'm on him outright. Zalatoris at 50 to one. Uh, I'll go through the, the model picks. Really, were Gooch, Russell Knox, and Tom Hoagie. They both, all three of those guys, uh, spiking pretty high in the model, getting huge numbers. Obviously, on Knox and Hoagie. Um, so playing those guys, Zalatoris and Woodland. I'm playing at those numbers. I think they're good numbers on guys that you're getting. Woodland coming back from really battling injury almost all of last year. Coming back and, and you're playing at a weaker tournament, 100 to one number. He's probably a guy I'm going to be focusing on uh, some small bets here early in the year just to see if he is getting back on track or if he's still kind of dealing with some of these injury problems. So a big number on Gary Woodland. I'll probably be looking at, at him uh, at several tournaments early on in the season here. And then Zalatoris kind of a same thing but different angle. It really didn't, you know, wasn't dealing with the injuries as much as started off hot last year, kind of faded down the stretch. You know, he's one of these young guys we think is going to be really good. So I think grabbing him at 50 to 1 at a number that long, it's one of these early tournaments where it is kind of a weaker field. I like that. It might be doing that in some of these tournaments going forward. Splash some top 20s on uh, Taylor Gooch, Russell Knox, Tom Hoagie. And that is my entire card for the week. Yeah, mine, um, listen, like I said, this is. This is just really not a typical to week for me. So, you know, take this with with kind of again the model plays are Wolf in Vegas, uh, Matthew Wolf at thirty nine to one, Jonathan Vegas at seventy five to one. Both of those guys 
really, really high um, up in, in my model. So played the numbers on those guys. The other three are just kind of number plays here. I mean, Tony Finau, as I mentioned, I mean, outside of Rom and Cantlay, it's it's just Rom and Cantlay and everybody else. I think Finau could, could be the third best player in this whole field, and I'm getting 28 to 1 on the third best player in the field. And so played a number on Finau. And if there's a guy that can compete with those two guys, I think Finau getting that win out of the way, you know, that's no longer lurking over him. I think he could be a guy that could compete. Ricky Fowler did pop up about midway through the model. So, I mean, you know, where I have him popping in the model, he would be, it's more equivalent to kind of like a 40 to 45 to one as opposed to 62 to one. So that was available here in town. So played him. And then Jason Day is strictly nothing more than I am a sucker for all the stuff that I saw on social media this week about he's <laughs> got him a new swing coach and his back says his back's fine and he's posting all this stuff. Uh, you know, he's swinging perfectly fine. He's been out here in the desert. He, you know, this is where he's been spending time in the offseason. So he's he's already been out on the West Coast. This is where he's been camped out. So Jason Day at 120 to one as well. And if I'm if you're going to play Jason Day, get him early in the season before the chance to to hurt himself. So I'll take the 120 to one on him there. That's messed up. And then uh, yeah. and then uh, these are not top 20s. These are uh, these are head to heads. And so uh, Patrick Cantlay uh, plus 130 over John Rom, and then Tony Finau two to one over John Rom. Now listen, John Rom is is awesome. John Rom. It should be the favorite in these. But Patrick Cantley is the number four golfer in the world. I'm getting plus 130 on him in just a head-to-head with one other dude. I'll take that. And as I mentioned, the same reason I played Finau in the outright, I think he could be the third best guy in this field. And I'm getting two to one with him and John Rahm in head-to-head as well. So uh, I, I took that and, and ran with that. All right. Those are your American Express bets this week on the tour. Oh, now, one little bit of oh. notice since we're playing three different courses. Please. The stadium course is the hardest course of the three. If look for golfers who have to play the stadium course tomorrow, if you want to get in in tournament, right? Like oh. it's going to play two or three strokes worse than the other two courses. And so yeah. you might be able to find some value on some guys whose scores don't post as high as some of these other guys. And, and so look, look at some of the guys that maybe started out on the stadium course and you might get some really juicy numbers on them kind of uh, in, in tournament. That's a great note. I would say also you can look at the opposite of that for if you're placing first-round leader bets this week. Mm-hmm. I'd probably only be placing them yeah. on the guys playing the stadium course, right? On the other two horses. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Great points. Absolutely. All right. You want to do the one and done first before the draft? Yeah, sure. sure Fire sure. it up, big winner. One and done. Now I go, what does that mean? I go last? I don't really remember how we did this. Would you like to go first, second, or last? I'm trying to remember what happens if we won. I if think we're, in we're first, giving you the choice. I think you go first. I go first. Yeah, if you because oh, because golf, I got honors, Your Honor. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That okay. that sounds like a logical rule we would have come up with. Okay. So many rules on this show. <laughs> so many rules. By the way, we never used a ram it through. Like we never used our vetoes and one ram it through all year in our uh, in our football. There's a lot of threats, but yeah, none of them. A lot of threats. Sung J M. All right. Onezo and Dunzo. Finished higher. I finished higher. I'm going yeah. Taylor Gooch. All right. Uh, Matt Wolf for me. All right. Matthew Wolf. Um, I, I, I really do like him this week a lot. I mean, of, of all the guys, I mean, this it's three short courses, three easy courses. And one of the things just about that we've seen with Wolf is he just, he destroys easy courses and doesn't do all that great. I mean, it, not, I shouldn't say doesn't do all that great, but is 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 not near as efficient on some of these uh, some of these other courses. And so, I mean, these these three courses all play easy. Should be a birdie fest, and 
if you uh, you kind of look how he pops in 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 the model here and, and how he's played as of fairly recently and stuff. So he finds himself over the last 24 rounds first in this field in driving distance, eighth in birdies or better gained. He's also fifth around the green. And the reason I had around the green in the model as well, these are fairly, they're actually are fairly small greens. And so guys might not be hitting these greens as efficiently and stuff. So I want a guy who can easily kind of get it up and get it down if, if need be. So um, some stuff I really do like in, in Matt Wolf over the last 24 rounds as well. All right. Time for our draft. Now, who goes first here? I think we just go same order for this week because you won. So it was it was the same order as one and done, basically. So I go first? Yeah, you won. I came in second. Oh. Fire. Is that how we do it? All right. Um, Tony Finau, top five, four to one. I like it. Kelly? You what said was same it? order. Tony Finau, first, uh, top five, four to one. Okay, I will go uh, Taylor Gooch, top 20, even money. I have Finau top 10 at plus 225. Corey Connors top 10 plus 250. Russell Knox top Great Britain or Irish player at plus 550. <laughs> yeah. Got to use, use old menu, boys. <laughs> How many guys are in that, are in that field? Uh, there was like five or six. Sure. Really? Yeah, hold on. We got, uh, no, we got more. We got eight. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Matt Wolf, top 20 plus 120. You're up. Aren't you up? Yeah, you're up. Oh, I'm up. Oh, sorry. Uh, Patrick Reed, top 20 plus 150. Tom Hoagie, top 20, four to one. Jonathan Vegas, top 40 at even money. Hmm. <laughs> uh, to miss the cut. To miss. What did I just do? Can I go backwards? I can't go backwards. Can I? Damn. No. Yeah. To sorry. Sorry. Uh, to miss the cut, Will Zalatoris plus 140. Um, Russell Knox, top 23 to 1. Luke List, top 20 plus 250. How do I find matchups on this, by the way? Oh, there they are. Got you. Uh, I am going with uh, what's our what's our top? Uh, how much? Minus one twenty. Thank you. I ask that question every week. <laughs> it's, good. it's a good reminder <laughs> every for the audience. week. If you're wondering what we're doing right now, we're picking our f- favorite five one hundred dollar bets off the DraftKings betting menu, golf mm-hmm. betting menu. Young Gill out in the front, out in front with the first one. And minus one twenty is the shortest odds we can go. Um, not trying to be uh, suspenseful here. It's just that you guys prepared and uh, I didn't. It's okay. I just had time to explain all the rules to our wonderful right. audience. But you do have about twenty six. I'm going to go with the Jason Day beating <laughs> Justin Rose at plus one twenty five. How about that? All right, I'll go Abraham answer over Corey Connors at plus one hundred five. And I'm taking Cantlay over Rom at plus one forty. All right. Better at DraftKings than what I got here in Vegas. Well done, boys. Well done. Another draft in the books. We'll find out uh, who ends up the winner of that. One and done. Well, let's just say it's uh, it's going to be a big hill to climb for these gentlemen. Coming back, we'll wrap things up. Beeson's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Hunt down a win with the football showdown series presented by Amazon Prime Videos. Reacher. Play free fantasy football during the playoffs and fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Reacher now to get in on the action. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I think we covered the whole plot of that one. Yeah, it's 26 <laughs> books. Really? Oh. 26 so there, Jack Reacher There you books. go. 26 Jack Reacher books. Was it like the Hardy Boys? Like, well, that's how, you can, that's how you can parlay it into two movies and now a television series. Yep, that's how you do it. How do they come up with the name Jack Reacher? Don't know. I wonder if it's like 007 where there's like multiple Reachers, you know? Oh. Because like that's just the net code name of like the dude or something. Because like 26 books, like, I mean, Jack, he would be a senior citizen at that point. Like, he's like fighting crime in his, on, on one of his like rascal three wheel scooters or something. You, know, like, you can't, you can't, like, that can't happen. On his Segway. You a James Bond guy? You She's, are a James Bond yeah, guy, right? Yeah. Going along, fighting crime with like that little, with the walker with the tennis balls on the, on the, on the, on the, t- on the end, you know, so that it slides across the floor. I'll get you. Yeah. All right. So this is not a big golf tournament, though, for you in terms of your outlet. Yeah. Not, not like, when, if, does, when does it start? So to get monetary big? output. Is twenty is about twenty eight percent of last week for me, so twenty eight percent. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's probably about right where I'm at. It's probably roughly a third of what I bet last week. And when is the first? I know you you bet last week's pretty good, but like when's the when's the next one? Next where week. Next, next week. week Tory is Tory like, is the one. Yeah, that's yeah. the one where Brady was like, "I'm coming on for Tory." That's when yeah, we start exactly. our season. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Uh, yeah, that one will have a little bit more data to go off of, but that will be, I mean, if this tournament's a third of what we bet last week, I mean, Tory's probably going to be double what we bet last Good week. Good course history stuff there as well, if you're into that type of thing. Like, there's, there's, there's yeah, so there's there's a lot for... And how many Masters bets do each of you have in pocket right now? Just one. one. <laughs> Just one. We both have the same one. Which one. is? <laughs> which is, oh, your guy. Sammy Burns. Sammy, Sammy Burns. Burns. Which you got at? 85. I got 87. And who is now? You must have 87 then, too. Oh, then I must have 87 then. Yeah. What is he now, roughly? Uh, Not that, that, I'm assuming. Definitely not that. Let's see. At the... I think I still saw him, like, at 50, the one at Circa, the last time I checked. At the old draft. Well, I mean, even if that's the case, then we did did well. Yeah, but I think he's even shorter than that, uh... Hold on. Is that typical for you that you don't have Sam like Burns a- is 40 to 1 at DraftKings along with fellow uh, golfer Tiger Woods. I've heard of that guy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean. <laughs> is Tiger playing in this? I mean, maybe. There's like an outside chance, yes, he could possibly play in it. Hmm. That's- is that typical for you that you do not have a bunch of Masters futures? I typically it'll it, I, I typically only have one or two and it's kind of it's a guy like Burns that I'm like I'm just trying to get out ahead of a number that I think is going to be much smaller by the time it rolls around but like because like any of these other favorite guys like yeah it yeah. won't be that much different than what we're well it, what and, we're able to get. and the problem is like I think Matt like Matt, I don't do it often either and Matt I think for 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 the main part going forward it would only be in situations like we did with Sam Burns because I've tried to get in front of guys that I think are might be 30 to 40 to one kind of in that mid range type player mm-hmm. that I'm like, Hey, if they start, they start off hot this season that, you know, those odds are going to be cut big time. 
But the problem is, though, with those mid-range type players, it can swing either way. You know, what I mean, they can start up, they can start off hot, or you can start off with a couple of clunkers, and then you just bet a worse number than what you would have gotten for the Masters well, in a week of. What guy that plays good this week are you going to kill yourself? Is it going to be? Is it Wolf? Yeah, who's the Pro- most probably Wolf? Yeah. You, it's most of your card, to be honest. But like, because Tony Finau was the guy I had in mind before, heading into the tournament. I thought I was going to play him, um, Wolf. Wolf would be my number one FOMO, uh, Finau number two, and Siwoo Kim number three because I never actually ended up pulling the trigger on him. I think I said I think I think said on Monday I was going to definitely be playing Tony Finau and so, uh, Siwoo Kim, and I didn't play either. I'm surprised your one and done wasn't Siwoo Kim for, for old time's sake. I know. I do owe it to him. He, he won you the one and done last we'll year. We'll see if he burns me with it. That would be uh, ultimate oh, irony. That would be. That that would in fact be the answer to the question. I, I, yes, yes. I, that would cripple me. If if he yes. won this, I didn't do anything with him this week. Oh man, that would not be fun for you. Siwoo Kim, who uh, Kelly won with an outright and one and done last week, uh, last year rather, and coasted to victory the rest of the calendar year. Yeah, burns down to forty six at circa. So we got we got by by far the best of it. So just get it done. If you only win one tournament all year, Sammy. Tip of the cap to Matt Brown on that one. Let's get it. Let's let's get her done. For me, it's going to be Luke List. Even though I played him in our in our thing, and the reason I played him is because this is the I'm ignoring my model thing. He's third in just my fifty. <laughs> he's third in my fifty round model. He's first in my thirty six round model, and he is second in my twenty four round model. He's twelfth in he's twelfth in this field in driving distance. Fourth in birdies are better. Fourteenth in opportunities gained. Uh, fourth in in strokes gained around the green. He's top. He's thirty seventh and thirty nine. Thirty seventh in proximity. One fifty. One seventy five. He's thirty ninth in strokes gained approach. So, I mean, like he's inside the top forty in every single category that I put in the model, which is why he's at the top of the model and I didn't play him. So, Gil, tell me why I didn't do that. I, I don't have know. No explanation. And so, for when you. he goes on to win this tournament, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to take this very pen. I'm going to write "idiot" across my forehead. <laughs> I'll do the whole show with "idiot" across my forehead. Let me like, let me ask right. you this: the, the both of you, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't hasn't the last two weeks the both of you put in different things into the model, which yes. is not normal for you two to do. Yeah, we've we've had the, – I would say the, these past two weeks have been two of the more different kind of models that we, we've yeah. seen pop up. My my picks were much more closely – like when I saw Wes's card, he, he looked like his – kind of what he tracked was a lot closer to what I, what I tracked just with some of the names that were popping up on his. It's funny you mentioned Luke List, Matt, because I, I guess I should say – I don't think I've ever done this, but my last 12-round, last 24-round, last 36-round model have the same name as number one. That name is Russell Henley. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not playing. I can't. I can't. I just don't trust Russell to get back in that right mindset to be able to rebound. Well, one, we like saw this. what his win equity is from this right. past week. And then, two, after blowing a five-stroke lead on the back nine, uh, yeah, he ain't. Yeah, sorry, he bud, but I'm staying away from you. Yeah, he ain't winning this week. He's not winning, but, like, you didn't bet him in any derivative I markets or anything. anything. Yeah, I just didn't. I'm just not playing very many derivative right, markets this right. week, just at all. Because, like I said, it's just so it's weird. Funky week, yeah. That first day, like they're paired with two amateurs, and it's just like I, I don't, I don't know how some of these guys deal with it better than some of the other guys, and you know, and all that. Like some guys probably want to yuck it up with. That's right. Idiots right, like, yeah, like me and you. And then some other ones probably are just like, this yeah. is painful. I'm right. only here for the check. It is. Uh, some of these guys, you know, I, I, if you ever, like, met anybody who played in any of these programs, there's some horror stories about, like, who they – like, I remember – you remember Mark Kalkovecki oh, years yeah. ago? I Kalk. remember. I remember guys were like – 
Yeah, I played in a pro-am with Calc, and he was like the most surly dude yeah. the entire round. Like, we wasted our money. He was the worst. Like, But that was their experience, right? And Calc was probably just yeah. like, he'd been traveling around the country. Who knows? He was like, I cannot believe I'm playing with these guys. I mean, like, this was this used to be, this used to be like the pro-am, right? Because this was Bob Hope's deal. He used to get... You know, I mean, Bing Crosby and and he'd get Frank Sinatra and he, you know, like literally the biggest of the big to come play this. It used to be this huge, huge thing. It was like the awesomest pro. And then it just, as you know, as as Bob Hope moved on and all that, and then it's just now it's not that really at all. And so that's why I was so curious that Ron jumped back in this year. It's like, huh. I wonder if we're going to see him in some Amex commercials coming up this this season. Hey, man, people got credit card debt, okay? You yeah, never I know. Bet you, I bet you we see him in some Amex commercials. The, the reason that I brought up the derivative thing with Russell Henley is because gambling, if nothing else, is a total mind, you know, mm. screw job, yes. let's call it. Yes, yes, and it so Melt. Yes. And so you can go, like, you know, 40 units up on something, and then you'll have two days where your numbers point you to the right person. Let's just take tennis, for example. I'll just use that example. And you'll have two days where, where just, it doesn't manifest because that's, that's, that's betting, right? It doesn't always go your way. And then even with you just crushing, right? So let's just take your golf example, the Russell Henley thing. There's no reason for you not to trust your numbers, right? Your numbers no have always been successful for yep. you. But yet some experience like that where, where he, he just takes your heart out it affects your brain. Yep. And your numbers, all of a sudden, you look at them and you're like, hmm. Oh, it I messes with I think they're you. right. Yeah, it messes with you. But he did just blow that. Like, it's an, it's amazing human flaw, is all I'm saying. Um, it is. And, and no. you'll notice, like, I didn't even, you know, we first asked, uh, we were first talking about those the, the FOMO guys. I didn't even list him at first, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, I forgot. He's at the very top of my model. So he is the guy that I should fear the most of missing out on. But I'm like, I'm... I wouldn't, Gil, because even if he wins, I'm going to say I didn't even consider it, and I don't really regret it, to right. be honest. So yeah. as we were sitting here, guys, Rivers did move to two and a half on the Bucks, so enough money came in on the Rams. And then uh, right behind us out here, two and a half as well. The uh, South there Paul. Was a, because as we got going this morning, a, I mean, as we got going yeah, this afternoon, a $100,000 bet on the Rams came through. So that uh, two and a half. Right here at the South Point? Yeah. $100,000. Then real quick on the NBA here tonight, if you're looking at this Pacers-Lakers game, Malcolm Brogdon is a go tonight for the Pacers. So that number is running a bit. You're seeing Lakers anywhere between three and a half and five. Thank you, sir. We've done all we could do. Nightcap, Tim Murray, Sean King next from Circa. Enjoy from Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.